Blog Talk Radio. The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Blog Talk Radio. It's Tuesday night, and it is time to delve into uh, something that's going on in the real world around us and think about it Christianly. That's what we like to do on this show. And uh, we like to get people who will help us do that. And uh, these are some of the, what I think are the cream of the crop as far as Christians uh, these days. People who are struggling, uh, trying to figure their faith out in the midst of what's going on in the world. And boy, that's not very easy these days. It seems to be getting harder and harder, really, since we also have a kind of version of our faith that is out there already in the public square at what people think Christians are. And of course, if you've been around at all here in America, you know that that view of Christianity has been politicized quite a bit. And so it gets confusing sometimes to know what really is a a Christian should be thinking and doing course, uh, thinking, especially in terms of, of uh, Jesus uh, in the world today, what a, what a challenge uh, this is, and what a challenging time to live. And I'm so glad we have back our good friend uh, from Sacramento, uh, Rob Stutzman. Rob is a political consultant. He's worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a lot of other, uh, especially California politicians and uh, um, propositions and all of that, doing public affairs for uh, lots of people. Um, He's also sought after pundit. And uh, I, every few, about every few weeks, I see a uh, another quote of Rob's in in the Los Angeles Times. They they like to they like to qu- ask him a lot of questions. <laughs> so we're privileged to have him here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. We're privileged to have him as a board member of the Catch Ministry, and uh, and especially today we have an incredible topic. I'm very excited to talk about because it's uh, very relevant and very confusing in many ways. We're going to talk about what we call Christian nationalism. But first, uh, let me give an official welcome to, uh, to Rob Stetsman to Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, John. I'm excited to visit with you again. It's always a good time. Yeah, yeah this will be good. 
In fact, I built in some extra time because I don't know how far this is going to go. But at any rate, <laughs> we'll try and keep it tight. Um, in his, in, uh, Robin, in his forward, a book I'm just starting right now, uh, uh, Paul Miller's book called The Religion of American Greatness, What's Wrong with Christian Nationalism, uh, David French uh, paints a picture of a pickup truck with an American flag draped cross painted on the back with the words stand for the flag kneel for the cross stenciled on the gate now there's nothing new here there's nothing new about God and country we've been hearing about God and country for years I can go back to the 80s when I started hearing a lot about this and we honoring the vets in church and uh, when it comes time to vote, American flags showing up all over the parking lot. And, you know, uh, it's this kind of this kind of thing that America is uh, uh, there. It's like America is God's. God's country, and there's a special <laughs> that we're special, and uh, uh, this is a this is something that people don't necessarily talk about or talk about intellectually. It's it's visceral. It's something I think we feel inside. A lot of people feel this, and yet of late it's been building and building into perhaps even some rather dangerous things. So, given all that is an introduction, Rob, what do we mean when we talk about Christian nationalism, and and how do you, where do you think it's it's come from? Well, it, it is a lot to unpack. Uh, I, I do think Americans, uh, well, America is the world superpower, has been for both of our lifetimes, uh, mm-hmm. really since post post forty nineteen forty five. And it's, the, and it's a Christian nation. It's a majority Christian. It's uh, Judeo-Christian values that pretty much define our, our culture. Uh, so, and, and America has done a lot of, a lot of good. Uh, there's, certainly, there's certainly things that we have to be held to account for. Um, but we also are a system of government, the first of its kind in the world, where the peop- we are governed by the consent of the people, and we are predicated upon liberty, and with that comes religious liberty and the ability to continue to improve uh, ourselves to more perfecting that idea that every man is made in God's image. Uh, and we can look at the progress we've made on civil rights with more to go is probably the most obvious example in our history. Now, having said that, uh, this all Christian nationalism is really none of those things, in my view. It is instead an identity for people that are feeling threatened culturally and mm. they are using they are using the, the the cross they are using faith which they see christianity their version of christianity as something that is superior and are becoming increasingly comfortable with the idea of using uh, the force of government in order to project onto the country their view of Christianity as something that is superior to either other views of Christianity or other faiths. 
So the example that David French describes, right, is of the, mm-hmm. the flag dra- draped over the, the cross of stand for the flag, kneel for the cross. Well, that is, a direct, that is a direct cultural response to professional athletes kneeling for the national anthem, mm. uh, which, of course, was led by African-American athletes trying to draw a certain amount of attention uh, to issues of, 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 of injustice in their view. So mm-hmm. no matter what you think of that entire debate, because that will take us down a different rabbit trail, yeah. that example what it, that, that, that David French describes is a direct response to that. Well, that is mm. a rather small um, – that, that, that's, that's, that's not a philosophy. That's just a small cultural like, icon and tell about what that person wants to express. And, of course, what's caught up in that is all types of, of tinged, uh, latent um, uh, racist underte- uh, subtext there. That really needs to be unpacked, thought about, and, and talked about. And so yeah. it, it gets down to this Christian nationalism is about identity and whether we like it or not. It may be inconvenient for a lot of people to consider this. It's very much tied uh, to, to a white Christian identity. Yeah. Um, I like what you said about people feeling threatened. Uh, uh, that's a... Uh, that's that's really helpful, and I had not thought of that. Um, what what do you think is what do you think they they think is being threatened? Well, from a from a, a, a white perspective, I think the the homogeny of a, of culture that they're most uh, uh, comfortable with. I think they feel there's a feeling that there is a, a liberal cultural bent driven by wokeness in particular that would discriminate against them and displace them from what they even maybe uh, see as a, ah. a sense of fairness and how they should be treated. But I really see it. It's a, to me, it's very much a reaction against um, the left and what they feel threatened by about it. Some of it's economic as well. Uh, I mean, there is a, Demographically, we know there's a blue-collar lack of college education component to this where people are, don't have as much power in the, in the economy. And so economic mm. uncertainty, economic frustration um, also contributes mm. to, I think, this sense of, of culturally feeling threatened. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what about this idea of America being special or being somehow – having a divinely ordained purpose, uh, maybe even superior to the purpose of other nations. Is, is, is that true? Is, is America special <laughs> in God's eyes? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, it, it, I don't, I'm no theologian, but I don't understand outside of the nation of Israel uh, what, what the pretext would be for a, a nation ordaining itself as special in the eyes of God. I, I mean, sure. look, I, as I said earlier, we're, we're a superpower, we're a Christian na- nation, we're a wealthy nation. We export more charity and even evangelism uh, than any nation the world has ever seen. There is a tons of good that comes, flows out of this country. Uh, we liberated the world from fascism 70 years ago. 
uh, almost 70 years ago. So, yes, and these are things that I think, you know, help build this particularly late 20th, early 21st century mentality among Americans that we are, you know, we are special. But if you really think about it, I mean, it's the wrong question. Are we special? If we really want to be a Christian nation, the, the, the question should be, well, how are we serving Christ and emulating um, uh, the life of Christ? I mean, that's how you're yeah. a Christian nation. Yeah. <laughs> and we do a lot of that. We do, we do exactly a lot of that very well. But to think that that transfers into being uh, somehow special um, makes it sound like, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a viewpoint of a, I think that would be an American uh, Pharisee point of, point of view to think that somehow the nation itself becomes special in God's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the fate of the church bound up in the fate of America? Well, I, mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so because we're told we're we're told yeah. in God's word that Christ is the head of the church. So I, I ultimately have confidence in the in the church. Uh, do I yeah. have dismay in a lot of American congregations? Um, sure. Um, is there a lot of baggage in some of our American congregations, particularly um, Southern conservative denominations that um, you know bore the bore the weight of seeing through Jim Crow era laws and protecting those. And uh, sure, uh, there's some things to sort through there. But ultimately, no, I don't think the fate of the church, certainly not worldwide, is tied uh, to what lies ahead. And I, look, I'm, I'm very encouraged by a lot of the dialogue that is being forced to come out of this, led by people hmm. like da- David French, who you've already quoted, people like Sky Chitani, yeah. Phil Vischer, um, Pete Weiner. I mean, there, there's a lot of them that are really putting forward very good, sound doctrine, theological arguments against this type of segmentation um, within the Christian community that call itself and to pursue this agenda of being nationalistic. Okay, that's good. Well, that that kind of leads to a question I had earlier about uh, about David French because uh, I. Honestly, I didn't know anything about him before you mentioned him when we were talking previously, and then I noticed he had written the foreword to a book that uh, the the uh, the religion of American greatness that I'm reading right now. Um, so I looked up looked him up a little bit, and uh, he appears to be a Christian, um, a conservative, uh, was Republican. Now he. I, it looks like he lists himself as an independent uh, and a little bit in that idea of the fact that he's, you know, not a Republican, he's not an independent. It, it kind of looks like, honestly, I, I don't know what I'm talking about here, Rob, because I haven't studied it that much, but I got the impression that maybe uh, a few years ago, he was advocating uh, 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 maybe some of these very things that that have now been uh, turned into what we call Christian nationalism. And it's almost like, wait a minute, whoa, we need to take a step back here. We're going a little bit too far. I'm just wondering, do you think that's happening to some people um, that they're, they're they're feeling that way? Wait a minute. Let's, let's stop well, and think sure. about 
I think it's people that maybe were working with institutions uh, that they've seen move beyond them in their in their views. So in David French's case, he was for many years one of the preeminent religious liberty uh, lawyers in the United States. Uh, right. Dozens okay. and dozens of of cases that he would take on defending religious liberty. And I think what he would say is, well, my views haven't changed, and my views of religious liberty haven't changed. In fact, it's one of the reasons why he doesn't think Christians should use the government to exalt uh, their their religion over others, uh, because it, it goes against all the First Amendment principles of which he's you know, built much of his life's practice on defending uh, religious religious liberty. But I no, I think there are. There are, you know, Doc, Dr. Moore, who has left the Southern Baptist um, um, Convention, is now the editor at Christianity Today. Has been a, you know, a clear voice on this type, these types of issues for the last, you know, six years now, since the advent of, of Trump and the, taking over the Republican Party. There, I think there's plenty of people that are stepping, not so much back from, oh my gosh, did we enable this, but wow, some of these major institutions. And other, you know, and other powerful people that we had worked side by side with for so many years, their agenda has changed and really has, well, I'll hmm. describe it as becoming more more radicalized and certainly a departure from seeking yeah. religious freedom protection within the confines of uh, of this U.S. Constitution, which of course provides uh, does protect religions but protects them all equally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you you brought up that that idea of First Amendment protection of all religions equally, um, and yet there seems to be a very strong movement uh, among a lot of Christians that seem to think that religion that that that, that religious freedom is is mainly uh, for Christians to. To have more freedom to be Christians, to pray in schools, to have the Ten Commandments up, and all of that. Uh, there's, there's a, 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 and aren't there even? You mentioned lawyers. Aren't there even lawyers who are arguing that kind of thing? And would that be a part yeah. of this nationalism? I, I think it is. It, it's we're having this interesting migration towards using the power of government to legislate and define certain types of free speech in the private world. So an example hmm. of this recently was Governor DeSantis in Florida, you know, signed legislation passed by the legislature there that prevented what he would call, uh, and maybe appropriately so, you know, certain woke types of speech or mandates on employees at, at private companies. Well, that was quickly thrown out in federal court because you're trying to regulate free speech of a private entity, which is a, a private corporation, but I, I use hmm. that. I bring up that example to to define what this movement is is migrating to, is is hmm. you know people seeking office, often well, really exclusively re- Republicans at the moment, in order what promise to use government in order to perpetuate um, a Christian point of view, or as they would say protect a Christian Christians or the culture from an anti-Christian or non-Christian. Uh, yeah. point of, of view, more like yeah. restricting speech. You know, again, that's a reaction to some, I personally, I think, absurdity on the left uh, in terms of the, you know, the, the woke movement. 
Um, mm-hmm. But the response to that has been, well, let's, let's use government and just make that illegal and ban that type of speech from institutions. And, you know, that's, that's gonna, you're going to have a hard time under the United States Constitution being able to, to govern that way. And then it's, to me it's sad to see Christians think that that's how you, that, that's how you perpetuate your faith, by using lovers yeah. of government, which is, uh, yeah. of course, uh, the, king, the kingdom of man, uh, not the kingdom of God. Mm. Oh, what a good point. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned First Amendment. That brings up a thought. I mean, what what do you think the early the early fathers would think about what is going on in America right now? I mean, if they could just suddenly be transported uh, into this country, wouldn't it be interesting to know what they would think about what's going on? Oh, it- It'd be fascinating, and my my guess is there'd be a divergence of opinion, just like there is uh-huh. now. Um, uh-huh. I think one of the one of the you know one of the things I think they really grapple with would be to come to understand how diverse the nation had become. I mean, yeah. they they did form a fairly homogenous nation and uh, and decided that slaves are only two thirds of a whole person um, uh, when they when they adopted the Constitution. So. Uh, I I think they would be grappling with it like like we we all we all are now and there's, I think there'd be a variety of of opinions I think you know people like Washington who were humble um, um, mm-hmm. I, I think were mm-hmm. you know faith was, in, was we we believe was important in his life but in a, in a guiding type of way not in a righteous trying to provoke the righteousness of God type of way yeah they might have seen a lot of wisdom from someone from someone like him yeah. Uh, mm. Would we would seen would we have seen the same from a Hamilton? Uh, who knows? You know, again, who knows? But I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you know. I think using the, using the founding fathers, I think people should trade trade carefully. I think they would be uh, slack jawed and have a hard time getting their head around all the issues <laughs> that we are yeah. dealing with. Uh, almost uh, going on 240 years later, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that whole there does seem to be a lot of misunderstanding uh, uh, among Christians about this the idea of of separation of church and state, and uh, um, and yet this is the very thing upon which true freedom is founded in, in the public square. As you know, we've had Oz Guinness. Uh, on on here a number of times and and he talks about uh, freedom for all religions and none <laughs> so I mean he's going to conclude yep. everybody and uh, yet the, I don't know many Christians who who really espouse that kind of thing these well, days it's, some of that I chalk up to, to, to poor civics education I, I suppose but <laughs> there's also a sub you know the Christian it's subculture fun. in this country has perpetuated, I think, that type of type of narrative. And you know, I, I John, I still go back to to the the yeast that that feeds that goes back to still the insecurity. And I still think it may not be overt and it may be latent in a lot of people, but it still has a racist white uh, base to yeah. it. Um, and if wow. I mean, this isn't this isn't a, this isn't an issue with very many African-American uh, Christians in this country, right? I mean, right. you look at this, 
what's forming around this issue, and it is it's very white. And uh, that may I don't say that accusatory. I think I say it as a fact, and I think people should pause and try to unpack it. But hearing that said is disturbing to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, what do you think? Um, what do you think is the most dangerous thing about Christian nationalism, where where it's going right now? <clears throat> well, the potential for violence. Uh, the the rhetoric that is used by the, the leaders of the movement and politicians that are trying to curry favor from it, uh, I think is it's very, is very dangerous. Um, I think Trump has broken many norms on this front. Um, if, uh, you know, proud boys stand by and stand down, and that was, what, seven, eight mm-hmm. months before there was a, yeah. a, a riot and assault upon the United States Capitol. I mean, to me, you just can't ignore that event. You can't ignore what's going on um, with uh, these, these groups that are forming and are, are, are uh, threatening violence, have plotted violence. Uh, certainly in the case of the Michigan governor where two men were recently convicted of a oh, plot yeah. to kidnap her. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm very, very, you know, my colleagues, people I work with in government and journalism, we're all very, very concerned uh, about more more violence in this country, um, primarily fostered by uh, this movement, not exclusively. There's radicalization on the left that's violent mm-hmm. as well, to be sure. Um, but very, very concerned about how, how casually violence is talked about and uh, prepared for and contemplated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard I've heard some... Uh, uh, some statistics, and I, I, I apologize because I don't remember them well. I just remember that the percentages were much higher than I would ever have imagined. Probably, uh, I think, somewhere in the 30th percentile of, and we're talking Christians, of Christians who feel like there might, there, there could be a... Uh, a time when when they should take up arms um, in relationship to uh, what they think they're trying to, what they feel threatened over, and what they think they're trying to save, and uh, that that's really frightening when you think about what uh, what Jesus has asked us to do in relationship to our enemies. And, and of course, uh, yeah, here, here, here we are willing to take up arms, not even against an outside enemy, but one, one inside, even a political enemy. Um, that does get kind of scary, doesn't it? it? It gets scary. I also feel like people may say that to a pollster in order to validate themselves. Um, hmm. it's, you know, I think it's also the, the, you know, version of, no, I'm serious, man. I'm really going to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. Ah, ah. Um, I think there's a lot of bluffs to be called there. Now, having said that, huh. it's, it's a completely disturbing and distressing that people are even letting their minds go there and that there is, there is a, a, a culture forming around that idea. Uh, of course, there's hmm. now, you know, media that feeds that idea, um, including certain cable news networks. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, 
you know, the power of propaganda and all this shouldn't be underestimated. I mean, I think that's probably a whole other discussion. But I think we should be alarmed, but not over alarmed when it comes to uh, when it comes to what you know uh, what the, the the real threat may be. I think yeah. we we very well could see incidents of violence, um, but think talk of civil wow. war, I, I, I would think, is absurd. Yeah. Well. Well, gosh, uh, our time is almost up. Um, what 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 can we do about these trends? Uh, is there is there a proper way for a Christian to engage in patriotism, for instance? Um, is there is there a better idea than Christian nationalism? Well, that, so what, one of the things that, that grieves me is that Christian nationalism has destroyed the patriotism category for so many people. Uh, um, uh, of course, Christian, we should feel patriotic. We should we should want to wave that flag. Don't let don't let it be co-opted as a symbol of something of, of evil. Um, you know, everything that is good and virtuous about the United States and, and the ability to want to continue to improve it, given the construct of this wonderful constitution, that's probably the greatest governing document man's ever seen, th- these are all wonderful things to work towards with civic duty and as Christians and to be proud of, and there's a lot we can do within, uh, within that space. But, you know, faith is, faith is separate, and there's, there is a... There, there is this moment, I think, for Christians who are alarmed by this to really call their fellow Christian Americans back to the idea of, well, if we're a Christian nation, though, what are we doing to emulate Christ? What are we doing to serve? What are we hmm. doing to serve the migrants? What are we doing to accept the refugees? Um, while still, you know, doing what we have to do to have law and order and and close borders. What are we doing to project democracy around the world? If that's something we feel like we we should do, what are we doing for religious freedom? What are we doing about genocides um, that are happening in in, in China? Um, while American corporations, particularly entertainment corporations, you know, go on bended knee to to, to China to, to make money there. There is such a wide spectrum of things we can be doing that is outward focused and serving. Wow. And fighting wow. for justice. And to me, Christian nationalism is one big self-absorbed pity party. Um, <laughs> get over yourselves. Get over yourselves <laughs> and get to where Christ would be, kneeling at someone's feet and washing them. Um, oh, wow. I, Johnny, that, that's the path. That's the path, and I think yeah. I think those of us that are concerned about this movement, I don't know if we, we I don't know if we should take the breath to argue with them so much as to try to show them better ways uh, to live our faith and, and wow. to live our faith and optimize this beautiful country we have. Yeah, Rob, Rob, that is so good. That is so good. Uh, and it occurs to me that most of the things you mentioned there about immigrants and about uh, uh, the poor and uh, those are all things those are the things that Jesus talked about and and uh, you know the things of the Sermon on the Mount and, 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 and yet you know those things have been co-opted by as you say more you know just a few issues that create power uh, a power base more for for Christians politically. Uh, 
and uh, uh, that's such a great picture. We need to get back to serving, serving, and uh, and and having thinking about the things that Jesus would be concerned about and the people around us. Ah, boy. That's so good. Rob, this has been really good. Have you any last words for us uh, um, as we we wrap this up? I just think, you know, as as Americans, one of the methods in my my own life over several years now I've learned is to quit reading scripture um, from the perspective that somehow we are the uh, the victims and the, those are the disempowered. But mm. you know we are we are wealthy, powerful people, and uh, I think more mm. often reflect the oppressors than the Pharisees of Scripture. And if you read it from that perspective, uh, I think that's the, that's a very healthy approach for for Christian Americans to try to interpret uh, Scripture and the Word of God and the life of Christ into their lives. Hmm. Mm. Rob, thank you so much. It's been great to have you back. And uh, these are great, great thoughts. Thanks for giving us some insight into this difficult time. I appreciate it, my friend. I always enjoy our, our talks, my friend. Okay, you too. Okay. All right. God bless. You too. Yeah. Wow. So... How was that, you guys? That that was wonderful. I hope you all picked up on this and uh, that you'll uh, listen to it again and and step into it and perhaps even uh, you know pass it on to your friends and uh, get the word out. Um, this was a this was a wonderful. This was a wonderful half hour, and I think we need to spread the word. Okay, well, I've just noticed that there's something that gone gone wrong with my um, my music here at the end of the show. So it's just going to be me signing off and inviting you to uh, look forward to next Tuesday when we come up again uh, and. Uh, Learn something new from a a brother or sister in Christ who's seeking to live their life for Christ in the midst of the world, this current environment. So, fantastic. Thanks for joining us. God, God bless you, and we will see you soon.